Welcome to the NXT Podcast, your home for weekly NXT reviews and insight. The beautiful part of NXT is that when one dream ends, another dream begins. Find all of your NXT news, recaps, and analysis right here. So with that being said, we only have one question for you. Are you We thought so. Let's get the show started right now. Oh boy. Huh? Hey, hi. NXT podcast time. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm Zach. I'm your host. Happy to be here with you. I had a little peek behind the curtain here, kids. I had to stand up for this here episode. I'm usually a sitting kind of guy. But uh, this has been a little bit of a week that necessitates a stand. You know what I'm saying? This episode uh, was originally going to be out uh, yesterday. And then some stuff happened. Some reports came out that were pretty unclear at first. And so had to just make sure we had everything. Now, there's a little bit of a history on this show of me having either very good or very bad, depending on how you look at it, timing with my episodes in that usually if I am going to be doing an episode like the next day something huge will happen like the big list of releases during a pandemic happened when uh, I was gonna record a show Uh, a lot of stuff has has happened and this is probably not probably this would definitely have to be considered the biggest one as far as I can remember now it's a bummer So we're going to have a little fun before we jump into that, if that's okay with you guys. Also, the other reason that I had to uh, delay this is because my air conditioner uh, broke in my house. Uh, So for a couple days here, it was a a cozy 85, 84 degrees. Uh, And uh, as much fun as it would be to listen to me audibly sweat on a podcast, I didn't think you guys would want that. So, before we get started, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm at ZachNXT at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. We're talking wrestling, other fun stuff over there. If you want or don't, it's up to you. Now, usually I'm like, ah, we had an interesting episode of NXT. We didn't. We had, by the literal definition of the words I'm going to say, we had an episode of NXT. Now, this has been happening a lot. The not takeovers anymore. The premium live events are very good because they just let them be like wrestlers. And then on NXT 2.0, it, the problem is that it's a mixture of the bad stuff and ideas on the main roster with people who aren't experienced yet. And so it's, it's, not, it's not great. It's a show that they never had a concrete plan for or did and abandoned very quickly as they are prone to do. Now... I would say we're going to talk about the news and the notes, um, but I found a couple little fun articles that I wanted to go over with you because I thought they were funny or that I could make them funny. One of those. We'll see in the end if I did. We'll find out together. There was an article by Bleacher Report that caught my eye because it's four WWE stars who aren't living up to the hype right now. Now, this is not... I, I know who number four is on this list. I don't know who the rest of the people are. Point here is not to dunk on uh, on Bleacher Report here. Point is to look at these four men or women and uh, 
and decide maybe why they wouldn't be living up to the hype. Because I would bet you, number four is pretty, pretty good for not living up to the hype. But the rest of these, I bet I could poke some holes in. So the reason I said that is because number four is the Nigerian giant Omos. So if you recall, Omos was in a tag team with AJ Styles. He was kind of his heavy, his bodyguard, whatever, his diesel to AJ Shawn Michaels. And then they split up, and AJ had a quick feud with him. And WWE quickly decided, okay, let's get AJ up out of here. Send him to NXT. Do anything to get him away from Omos. And then recently, your former, or rather a former, WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, uh, who is now, who who I believe, I want to say had to, lo- had to lose the title because of a potential, was it a shoulder injury? Some kind of injury that didn't end up being as bad as they thought. So he's still on WrestleMania. He just has to wrestle Omos. Now, I bring this up because I want to give Bobby Lashley his flowers. Bobby Lashley is one of my favorite wrestlers. He has been since I was a kid because he's a big dude who knocked over a door to a steel cage. He did that against Umaga. If you've never seen that, the man broke a steel cage. I've never, I haven't seen anybody do that, so that's incredible. And Bobby Lashley, when he left WWE the first time, came back the second time a much better talker, a much better worker, and you could feel the charisma that was always inside of him. I want to give him his flowers because he has done a good job in this feud. Has it been a good feud? Absolutely not. He's working with Omos, but he's doing his best. So I would say, yeah, Omos has definitely not lived up to the hype. However, I would say... That perhaps if you have a guy who I'm going to assume had not wrestled before and his quality that sets him apart is, wow, he's really big. And then The Undertaker, for some reason, puts on record that, dude, he's the closest thing to Andre the Giant you've had since Andre. I don't know what he meant by that. But Andre could work is the thing uh, until, you know, his body was given up on him. And uh, Omos just can't do that. And to Omos's credit, or rather to Omos's defense, I don't know, maybe we don't put that guy on TV right away just because he's big. Maybe we teach him like a couple things and not just expect it to click real quick. I don't know. But no, that's a good one. This one, no. Number three is Butch. In <laughs> parentheses, the brawling Bruce. Thank you very much. Um, so, let's see. Their contention is poor Pete Dunn. He's still 28 years old. Jesus, he's only 28 still. That's incredible. So their basic point here is that um, Pete Dunn's um, not living up to the hype actually has nothing to do with Pete Dunn. And I would actually agree with that. I'm not going to make any of the points that they made here because I'd just be saying the article again. But yeah, you changed his name to Butch and you gave him a crap character that... He can't show any of his charisma, and um, yeah, and you put him with, you know, Sheamus, who, Sheamus is much more appreciated by fans now than he was, because he just goes out there and has really good matches, but I wouldn't, I would say outside of the very beginning of his WWE runs, never really been a main eventer, unless you want to count when he won the title and the one time that Roman Reigns got cheered as a babyface when he took the title off of Sheamus, because everybody was so sick of it. And you put him with Rich Holland, who probably maybe have him stop, uh, you know, have him on a trajectory to, to do something. But then he breaks Biggie's neck. Um, and then there's some safety concerns there. So, yeah, 
Turns out Pete Dunne can't uh, overcome the very uh, lazy, bad ideas that they have. Uh, I would encourage you. I fell down a YouTube hole the other day uh, of OTT wrestling, uh, over-the-top wrestling. Uh, Irish promotion? Forget now. But a lot of your favorite wrestlers have been there. And uh, Pete Dunne has a bunch of excellent matches there. There is one where it's uh, British Strong Style, uh, which is uh, Pete Dunne's team, um, taking on a, another team. And, and the kicker here is that Tyler Bate, who is the third man in English Strong Style, actually participates on the side of both teams. And it's a comedy match mixed with intense. It's one of the coolest wrestling matches I've ever seen. That's Pete Dunne. That's Pete Dunne. And, and the first NXT UK title winner, Pete Dunne, staring down William Regal after ruining the ceremony. That's Pete Dunne. And they took all that, and they decided, nah. So then eventually, um, you know, he won't be getting over, and they won't, uh, they won't know. So that's cool. Can't wait to see him, you know, actually be able to perform. That'd be pretty cool. Okay, this is cool. Interesting. Number two is Roman Reigns. Okay. Weird to start with, make no mistake about it. Roman is great. He's the biggest star of this generation, the top draw for WWE, and a fantastic wrestler. Okay, so their problem here is that they put both titles on him at WrestleMania, and then he wrestled way less. I don't care at all about that. Was it stupid for them to put one big title, unified title, on one guy who was going to work less? Yeah, sure. Does it sound like they expected him to be working more and not less, and I don't understand how they could have had that assumption? Sure. But um, Roman, Roman not being on the shows as much because he wanted to maybe take a, like a half-step back not a bad thing at all. More power to him. So, yeah, it's disappointing, but like that's Roman was just like, "Hey, I'm going to I want to step back a little bit." And WWE was like, "What? You want the unified title? Sure here." That's not Roman's fault. Excellent number 1, Ronda Rousey enough said. All right, next article. Nah, not next article. The next article is the actual article. There was one about predicting the next, like, I forget, four people to turn their alignment in WWE. Raquel Rodriguez was on it because to people who watched NXT, uh, it's creepy that she's coming out there and smiling so much. Now, what that probably is, is WWE being like, ah, your baby face, smile. But uh, ideally, it would be like, you know, she turns and then is, you know, intimidating or not just smiling all the time all right listen had the fun we gotta we gotta discuss it a little bit here um so here's 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 the timeline of how it happened for me um found on twitter some initial reactions to an initial report that um the board of wwe is investigating vince mcmahon because this is why i had to Wait a bit here, um, because there's a now there's a Wall Street Journal report about this uh, investigation, and to my understanding, this investigation started with the investigation of one settlement with one former employee. Now, this is from SI.com. They are saying that uh, this employee, who is anonymous for very obvious reasons, was hired as a paralegal in uh, 2019. And then there's a separation agreement dated, dated uh, January of 22, so five months ago. Basically, a non-disparagement thing 
uh, can't discuss their relationship, can't disparage him. So like a hush money contract. The, the investigation itself is in April, so about three months later. Um, so that's, that's the investigation starting. And then per the Wall Street Journal again, the problem has, quote, unearthed other older non-disclosure agreements involving claims by former female WWE employees of misconduct, unquote, by Vince McMahon and head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis. So here's the obligatory WWE spokesperson confirmed to the Wall Street Journal that the relationship with the former paralegal was consensual. McMahon's uh, attorney said uh, the woman did not make harassment claims against the uh, against Vince, um, adding that quote WWE did not pay any monies unquote to the former employee quote on her departure unquote. Very good statement. Good job. So the board's like preliminary findings are saying that um, Vince paid former female employees who signed the agreements with personal funds, his own money. Uh, Compliance human resources programs as well as company culture will be assessed by the law firm. Okay. I mean, call me. I got some stuff for you. So I, I bet at this point you're wondering first, holy crap, right? Right. But also, it's gonna get worse in a second. And also, how'd we find out about this, right? So, apparently, the board gets like a series of anonymous emails from somebody who says that they're that paralegal's friend. So, presumably, then, the 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 paralegal isn't isn't uh, allowed to say anything without getting sued and ruined. So the friend is like, yeah, yeah absolutely, forget this, good friend. So. The first email was like end of March, right before this investigation. And it said that the woman, the paralegal, was hired on a salary of $100,000. But after a sexual relationship began between uh, them and McMahon, he increased the salary to $200,000. Here's where it gets bad. I'm just going to read it right from the article. Additionally, the email reportedly said that former, uh, said the former WWE paralegal was given to Laurinaitis, quote, like a toy. So then, June 12th, so that's two months after the investigation, and just about four days ago, the board uh, received a copy of the settlement with that paralegal, which was detailed the NDA, obviously. Uh, There was a $1 million upfront payment, and the remaining $2 million would be paid over the course of five years. So... First, um, uh, this is um, this is awful. Obviously, we're gonna start right there. And uh, if I'm honest with you, not jazzed to talk about it. However, just like when WWE released a bunch of of, uh, of hardworking men and women uh, during a pandemic when they uh, were never going to find another job. There are things that happen uh, in WWE, like um, putting the unified title on somebody who's going to actually be working less. Um, or sending your biggest babyface out there to bemoan Brock Lesnar's part-time schedule and then 
<laughs> the title's off when he's a part-timer. There's decisions like that. But um, this is like a moral uh, failing. Um, and I'm going to detail this more in a, in a, different, in a different episode. Um, but here's, here's just some, some quick, some quick uh, rundowns. Um, I feel like this is a little bit like the Ric Flair thing where some people were like, yeah, okay, yep, that makes sense. And some people were completely shocked. I was the first one, I guess. It had never occurred to me. That's not true. It hadn't occurred to me much, but uh, when I heard it, it didn't shock me. Um, if if you've been a wrestling fan for a long time, you know that like Vince McMahon, <laughs> for all the things he is, is not a faithful uh, man to his uh, to his to his wonderful wife Linda. Um, and so it is. It is generally presumed that Vince, at one point or another, was out here slinging it. And to some people, that's like, oh, cool. To some people, that's weird. I, I, I just want to point out a few things. One, just, just something that I can already hear that I don't, that I want to distinguish for you is that I don't want to hear, oh, cancel culture strikes again because I can already, I can already hear that sentiment, or it's not a big deal, or. Hell yeah, Vince. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I want to remind you that this is the CEO, in a sense, founder, owner, operator, boss, final decision, final say, final word, person you have to impress, person whose livelihood, your livelihood rather, is dependent upon. You cannot have the CEO of a company who makes all of the decisions and holds people's lives in their hands out here having consensual affairs, much less whatever this is. Because I don't know about you and how you do things, but generally speaking, to me anyway, a consensual relationship with me would not include you having a relationship with me, which is probably just sex, and then passing me off to John Laurinaitis, quote, like a toy. What's that part? What are we, what's that? I'd love, what's that? Also saw um, highlights from uh, the book that A.J. Lee wrote um, saying uh, basically that uh, John Laurinaitis came up to her and said, hey, you're a really great wrestler, but uh, the problem is uh, nobody wants to F you. Do you see why that would be a problem for us? Basically, we have a certain aesthetic we're going for, and you're not meeting it because no one wants to F you. Um, And boy, if you don't think that's true, you just need to watch WWE TV sometime, huh? Watch any woman do anything, especially like go back, go back 10 years and watch any Raw or any SmackDown or any pay per view where it's the women and it's not like Trish and Lita or something. Like, go even further back and you tell me how this is going. So, the point here is that um, that's not what cancel culture is. People like to jump and say, oh, cancel culture, cancel culture. So, first off, that idea of it's not really real. If you do horrible, vile things, you don't get to keep the same station you had when you are in a, especially a up, uh, more important position, i.e., you know, I could release you for no reason. I could decide if you get released. I could decide if you're the world champion tomorrow. Do you see why 
if I'm the person that decides if you get to be champion or are featured on television or get a new contract to feed your family, do you see why that makes it very, very difficult for a relationship to be, quote, consensual? So, like, let's start there. Let's start there with the fact that, like, it's gross for the spokesperson to be like, no, nah, dude, it was consensual, parry thing. Because just by the dynamic that was set up, it's it's in it would be incredible to me if these if Vince met this paralegal and against all odds she fell in love with a now seventy something year old man three years ago when he looked like the crypt keeper then and then she just walked away and then the friend is making this up. Does that make any sense to you? It seems much more likely to me that the CEO founder head head honcho decision maker big shoes himself met this paralegal was attracted to this paralegal and i don't know dude maybe if the guy who makes every decision about everything in the company is coming on to you you feel a little bit weird about rejecting him so i'm gonna ask you again do you see why that might not be consensual now i would also like to point out that the idea of passing somebody around like a toy also indicates to me that it's not consensual and i would like to point out this is not the first time we've heard this about vince mcmahon i forget what her role was in the company i couldn't find her but there was a woman years and years and years ago that alleged vince of doing this coming on to her inappropriately and and um and uh, uh it being weird because of his station and and you know he was aggressive and all this and i remember very 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 distinctly that the feedback that i saw on that was of a very small majority uh minority rather being like this is terrible what is this and the overwhelming majority was <laughs> No way, dude. This chick is ugly. I'm not... That's not a joke, dude. That's what people said. So, like, if Vince is, like, out of WWE tomorrow, let's say. That's probably not going to happen. But let's just say it does. Let's say, the, let's say the board finds a bunch of these NDAs that this dude has done. And is like, hey, dude, absolutely not. You can't. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Because for some reason... I don't know why, when it's, maybe because it's a, like a male-dominated company, people don't like consider that like, hey, maybe it's super duper uncomfortable for a lot of the women there. Because it, it seems to me that if Vince were gay or bisexual or anything and had any of these stories Let's say, let's just say for the sake of argument that some allegations come out that Vince had a relationship on and off with Hulk Hogan. Wouldn't it make it super weird then and super questionable how Hulk Hogan was able to stay? Wouldn't it be super weird to put Hulk Hogan in that position, brother? Do you... I cannot see a world in which they had a consensual relationship with the Crip Keeper and a paralegal three years ago that ends with an NDA because it's an NDA, which means, like, that doesn't mean you're never going to find out. That just... And he's got more. Of course he does. This is This is the person he is. And if you can honestly sit there and say that you have no problem with, you have no problem with the person who has the last word on everything that happens with these human beings. 
being alleged of this. If Vince gets suspended tomorrow pending investigation and you're like, what the hell? Nothing's proven yet. So, okay. You cannot. Because now it looks super weird that the company is set up in such a way that you basically have to impress Vince. How many times have you heard a wrestler say, man, Vince is like a father to me. Every time I go through the curtain, I look at Vince to see if he liked my match. Kevin Owens did a, like a 24 where he had that match with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. He comes back to the back. He's all hyped up. He had this great match. And Vince is like, no, it wasn't what we're looking for. Couldn't give him any examples because he didn't know either. And then Kevin was bummed about this Wrestlemania match that was awesome that he had with his really good friend and then Steve Austin texted him hell of a match and then he was fine do you under do you are you understanding I'm hoping I'm doing a, I'm hope I'm doing a good job of explaining to you why this is horrific for the company to be set up this way and for him to have an NDA with a paralegal from three years ago. Do you think he just started doing this in 2019 or do you think the 1990s, uh, late 1990s attitude era biggest heel in the company, Vince McMahon in his probably physical prime that we have seen him in jacked. Do, or do you think maybe it happened a little bit there too? Do you think he got do you think he got less able to control himself as he got older or do you think maybe you know, it's been like a horrific situation this whole time. All I'm saying is I don't know how you keep that person as the sole decision maker in the company. I really don't. I am not I'm going to tell you. I'm I'm not a particularly big fan of Vince McMahon the person, the human being. He had like one goal and forsook everything else for that goal and to an extent that is admirable but he did a lot of horrible stuff along the way and we're willing to accept a lot of it like he he put a lot of people out of business he stole talent from people he copied the whole hulk hogan thing from the from oh come on from the awa got it he he did all this stuff and and we're fine with it because it's like ah vince trailblazer dude And now he has at least one NDA from three years ago. And I bet you if you go to 1998 when he's rolling with Stone Cold, I bet you Vince McMahon, the owner of the company, it was weird, right? Stacey Keebler got on TV while he was at a desk and like had her legs in his face. I bet you Stacey Keebler wasn't super pumped about that idea. If Vince does that on TV, what do you think he does after? Because... Boy, I would never have said that, except that, boy, we have an NDA from three years ago when he's in his late 70s. So, like, he was in his 40s when he was, like, when WWE was, like, the coolest thing in the world. So, I don't know, dude, what do you think happened? Anyway, should probably suspend him and maybe not have him be the sole decision maker. Everybody everybody got the good joke off, I will give you credit, of like Nick Khan has now cut out Triple H, he's cut out Stephanie McMahon, he's going for Vince. Well, dude, good job, Nick, because you had a lot of ammo to work with. Anyway, hey, this has like horrific implications throughout literally every part of the company because Vince is in every part of the company. So I don't know, dude. I guess we'll see, huh? All I know is like the result of this can't just be, oh, it's all fine. That can't be it, dude. Whatever. We'll cover it later in a, in another uh, in another uh, bonus uh, episode here because there's a lot more to say. But real quick, I want to touch on some of what happened on NXT, the obvious, the obvious transition. 
So we didn't have a lot of interesting stuff here. It's like the Creed Brothers. This is uh, Idris Anofe and Malik Blade for the uh, NXT Tag Titles. By the way, Creed Brothers won that just a couple of weeks ago against Pretty Deadly. I crapped on Pretty Deadly uh, when they when they showed up. Uh, those dudes are really good. Actually, they're really good wrestlers. They're really fun characters. I don't I don't care. They're great. They're great. And the Creed Brothers had their family in the front row. They told a great story. The smaller dude, I forget his name. Oh, crap. What's his name? Wait, wait, wait. Julius. Wait, is it Julius? Brutus? Julius. 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 Shawn Michaels of that team. Now, that doesn't mean that um, that uh, Brutus is, is Marty Jannetty. That does not mean that. That just means, you know what? Let me rephrase that. Julius is the Montez Ford of that team. Like, hey, that's a star right there. He might not be a star right this second, but he's about to be. So the Creed brothers retain, obviously. We had Toxic Attractions. Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane versus Cora Jade, Indy Hartwell, and Roxana Perez. This is a different version of the same three um, babyface women versus the Toxic Attraction heel women. And this is just another version of that same match they've already done where Toxic Attraction loses and then they're standing at the entrance ramp with their titles and they can't believe it. And Cora Jade, Indy Hartwell, and Roxana Perez are all like, woo, and holding up the titles. So, like, the problem here is that, like, Cora Jade isn't ready. You know? Like, I don't, you know. It's not to say she can't be, but she's not right now. So that makes it difficult because there is a logical story here of Cora J taking the long road to get to Mandy Rose. And maybe they still tell that story. But I'm just telling you, I've been a fan of WWE for, hmm, it's got to be half of my adult life. I probably started watching it like, well, yeah, over half my adult life. Cora Jade is not ready to be what WWE wants her to be. She can be. She has charisma. She has something to her. She's got a cool vibe to her, I guess, look. But she's not. So if she takes the long way to get to Mandy right now, hopefully she can work with people that can help her. But, oh boy, would you look at that. We we got rid of a lot of the senior talent here. So it's all new people. So they iron sharpens iron, I guess. Um, so, like, this is just to set up another tag title match that Gigi and JC will win and another NXT women's title defense that Mandy Rose will win. Sure feels slimy watching how they uh, have presented Toxic Attraction with the news here. Uh, Wesley beat Zion Quinn. Poor Wesley is now just stuck. Although this this will be probably the most realistic main roster training of anything he's ever going to do is just inexplicably having multiple matches with the same guy, even though it wasn't interesting, particularly the first time. So that is actually very good practice for the main roster if he does get there. Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley. I don't know, dude. And Giovanni Vinci debuts, dude. Okay, so that's Fabian Eichner. Um, so I, here's the thing. I'm a little bit confused about what the gimmick is. Um, Fabian Eichner, really, really fantastic wrestler. I want you go back and watch anything Fabian Eichner did in the NXT 1.5, whatever, the last NXT, the good one. He's a really, really, really good wrestler, but he didn't ever really have a character. He was just kind of a guy. 
Now, this guy, Giovanni Vinci, it seems to just be a pretty stock heel. He just likes himself a lot. I'm better than everybody. They're going to try and measure up, but they can't. But here's the thing. I don't... Here's the thing. I don't hate the name change, and I don't hate the gimmick. You know why? Because it made sense. Fabian Eichner was not a WWE household name like like Walter would have been coming up through NXT. Fabian Eichner can be Giovanni Vinci. It doesn't sound ridiculous. And he can be this over-the-top character which can bring more out of him. Because even the promo he did backstage, it was nothing, but he's talking. He's getting a chance to talk on television. If you do a name change or a gimmick change that will actually help the talent, like very obviously, then yeah, we'll go for it. That's That makes sense. Okay. Joe Gacy's Druids beat Dante Chen and Javier Bernal. I, I don't know. I, what, do you, what would you like me to tell you about that, dude? I wonder if those are the Undertaker's Druids. And they've been out of work since the Undertaker hung it up and didn't use them in entrances anymore. And then Joe Gacy came along and they're like, oh my god, thank god. And, I mean, it's a downgrade in XT 2.0, like work is work, you know? I was excited about this until it happened because Braun Breaker, your NXT champion, is defending against Duke Hudson. However, Breaker just like hits him with a clothesline, slams him, takes a singlet off, uh, and then does the press slam thing. I forget what he calls it, and wins. I uh, it was frustrating because Duke Hudson's really good. Saw him in that uh, what was it, the breakout tournament? What was it called? Whatever tournament they had right before here, where like Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, all these people were in it. And he was really good. He's a really good talker. He's a really good wrestler. He's tall. He's jacked. I don't get what the problem is, but whatever. So after the match, Cameron Grimes comes out. Now, this is weird. He tells Breaker that Braun has, like, everything because of who his, his dad is. While Cameron Grimes, his dad, passed away. And, and Braun's dad can sit in the crowd and watch his son win. And, he's, you know, my dad has to look down on him. He says that Braun's built like a truck, but his heart is something that Braun can never match. And he challenges Braun to a title match three weeks at the Great American Bash. They shake hands, and then they are face-to-face, you know. So, here's the thing. Actually, I, I, really, I really do like Cameron Grimes challenging Braun Breaker. At the Great American Bash, they're going to have an excellent match. I can... I can, I can assure you of that the issue the issue that I have is the timing this 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 needed to happen like not a year ago not probably not a whole year but about something like a year ago because it's something like a year ago Cameron Grimes had all these vignettes. He was doing the the stuff with LA Knight and the million dollar title. And Cameron Grimes, who's just really this just authentic dude who loves this stuff and has passion, you know, he, he was the most over guy in NXT for a while there. Now, if that Cameron Grimes at that point had come out here and said, your dad helped you get where you are, your dad gets to watch you, my dad has to look down on me from above because mine died. This will be incredible, and I would be able to tell you with a straight face, hey, I don't know, maybe Cameron Grimes takes the title off Braun Breaker. There's, there's no way. He's, he's now, he's cooled off from that. They didn't capitalize on that. 
And then he went to the North American title that he's now lost. And so the momentum is cool. And like, listen, it'll be a good story. It'll be a good match. It's just, I just wish I had seen it when the timing was perfect. That's the only, ah, it's the only thing that stinks, I guess. You know? Uh, Solo Sokoa's backstage getting interviewed. Grayson Waller inter- uh, interrupts. Nailed it. Challenges uh, him to a match next week. Um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams beat Two Stacks and Dimes. Great tag team name. I'm just saying. It's really, it's really fantastic. And um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams win. Trick Williams is friggin' huge, dude. I didn't know. Because he's always wearing like, he's usually wearing like no shirt and a jacket. Do so you see he's got abs and stuff? Dude's ripped, dude. I don't know how long Trick Williams has been wrestling, but I think we might have two guys here with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. If we do it right, dude, we won't. So that's fine. And then the in the main event, you know, Jade and, and uh, Indy Hartwell and Roxanne Perez all stand tall and, you know, the show goes off the air. So, um, yeah. So that's NXT. I hope you can understand now why the bulk of this show was not talking about NXT. Um, I also hope that um, you check out uh, the Twitter at ZachNXT, at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. I'm going to do a uh, longer episode just kind of focusing on why this is um, really terrible that the uh, CEO of this company has uh, NDAs with uh, presumably multiple women. So if you want to go on the Twitter, you can uh, you can, you can see when, when that one's coming out. Or you can come back here and you can find that too. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I hope that I made it a little bit fun for you, and I hope that I at least made you understand a little bit why this isn't just a, oh, well, whatever. He cheated on his wife's situation. Anyway, that's it for the show this week. I want to thank you for listening, but that's it for NXT, so that's it for me. I have been Zachary Smith. You have been fantastic as always, and thank you for listening.